Tallahassee. We have Bruce live in the locker room in Tallahassee celebrating on the field with the Fleurs. <laughs> And, and I don't know why, like, we were able to run the ball so well in the first half, to, especially to the left side, and then all of a sudden we started to abandon it. And like I said, it, there is some inconsistency. How are they going to approach this game? How are they going to beat this Florida State team? Well, we're going to break you guys. Um, and, and okay, I, that's it. The show is over. In, 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 in the story, we're going to break you guys. Look, and, and I, I'm joking, but it's Lord, the climb, the climb continues, KB. Oh my okay. God! I am sweating. I am... Look, look at my heart. Look, I, 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 look, look, look. You know what? Yeah, I, I have so much to say. All right, and welcome back to Seminole Sideline 365. As always, I am KB, and alongside with me is the old man. How, how's it going tonight, old man? How's it going? Well, I'm back in the travel dungeon, okay? The white walls. It looks like an insane asylum. If you've ever been in a government-run hospital, which I have not. Well, we've okay. tried to. We've tried which to I have that. not. <laughs> they have the white walls that spook the hell out of you. But i am uh, got the uh, Columbia jacket on, and uh, it's cold down here, okay? So I'm up in the North Country, you know? And we'll be talking about the North Country. But I got the old, look, sweat, hat on, and wearing the big, big ring there. Okay? There you go. There you go. The big ring. You see that? You see that? 1974. See that? See the 74? 1974. I see it. Well, that goes into a couple of things. Obviously, we're going to uh, uh, talk about the latest 2024 class that Florida State just signed on early Sunday day on Wednesday. So that's the most recent news. And we're going to give our grades and, and what we expect from this class. And because there's, you know, there's varying degrees of emotion coming out of Wednesday. And some people are really excited. Some people are you know, mad about uh, a couple of flips or a lack of uh, getting these last minute uh, flips for our end. Um, but we'll go into that and we'll discuss your feelings. So as we're going through, leave your comments, leave your questions. We'd love to hear from you guys as we're discussing this. We'll also talk about the latest news on the, well, the breaking news on the BOD meeting, Board of Trustees, the bot meeting happening uh, uh, tomorrow uh, at 10 a.m. on Friday. And, and I will be discussing what we expect to be discussing is uh, the setting the groundwork for leaving the ACC. Um, I, I think we obviously know this this needs to happen. But this seems to be the most serious step towards it. And, and from what the Twitter personalities would tell you is that this will be setting that groundwork for that potential legal battle that that has to come at some point, or at least trying to get the ACC to the table. So we'll discuss that a little bit or as much as we know. Uh, and obviously more will come out of that meeting tomorrow. And then uh, we'll, we'll wrap up and we'll discuss, uh, you know, Orange Bowl news. What There doesn't seem to be any news coming about the Orange Bowl, but we'll talk about you know, what you've heard about Mike Norvell, what he's was discussed this week um, and uh, who's opting out, who's opting, you know, who's still available. There's been a lot of opt outs. So who's still available for it? And what's, what's the fans? Do you guys still, like I said, I don't really care about the game, but we'll, we'll describe your reaction, what you expect from it and, and, and what's your general feeling around it. So we'll have, we'll discuss those three things and then let you go 
uh, and enjoy the rest of your, hopefully you have tomorrow off and enjoy your holiday week. Um, so yeah, let's, let's dive into the first thing. So like I just said, the breaking news today was that the board of trustees or uh, I think with Bob, Bob, whatever they call them, uh, is meeting tomorrow. The board of directors for Florida State are meeting tomorrow. 10 a.m. Yeah, 10 a.m. We discussed this before because you covered it live when they, what was that, they last met in August? You covered their session live, I believe it was in August, the live stream because it was public, yeah, it's public, public. Yeah, you can, anybody can log in. If you go to the board of trustees, Florida FSU board of trustees website, yeah. If you go on there, there'll be a link to the live session at Zoom. 10 a.m. You can anywhere you are, you can put that put that on, put yeah. your headphones on and watch this while you do your supposedly doing your work at work <laughs> and or uh, the uh, the agenda items will also be on there. But what KB just said is true. It's expected. I think there's a pretty good source and I think you might. Uh, uh, have that, Bud Elliott. Now, whether you like Bud Elliott, you don't like Bud Elliott, we really don't care. Bud Elliott has been covering the Seminoles and he does a pretty good job there 24-7 sports. You know, he's a reasonable guy. He's a little bit stiff for me, but his information is generally fairly good and he usually doesn't go out on a limb unless he has a feeling about something. So I respect the man. I, I think he does a good job. He believes there will be there's not it's not going to be an announcement. Uh, everything I'm hearing, it's not going to be an announcement, KB, that that Florida State is going to the Big Ten and they're going to be in the Big Ten in a year from now. I hope the hell they are. I hope that is the news. But yeah. don't expect that gigantic news. Take yeah. take your expectations down. But. The most likely thing is about a legal action that they're going to file in the state of Florida. Uh, and I don't know what that filing say, but it will be a public document. So that's all we know at this point. There will be a meeting. It'll be live. Public access is available. And it's at 10 a.m. tomorrow. I, in fact, I texted you and I thought it was today. I thought yeah. today was Friday. Okay, and so I am going to tune into this thing tomorrow. We're not going to do a live broadcast. I think one of the other sites is going to do a live broadcast of it and commentary uh, uh, on it. And I think that's yeah, that's something you can look into if you want to. Otherwise, you can just watch it yourself and see what goes on. Uh, but Drew Weatherford, who was an ex oh, former uh, very good FSU quarterback, he, he's, he lives in Tampa. He's on the board of trustees. He's been leading this push to get the hell out of the ACC. And to me, KB, getting out of the ACC is more important than the signees we're about to talk about or this meaningless, well, meaningless exhibition game called the Orange Bowl. Okay, my, we'll, we'll talk about that. The we'll move talk about that. forward to leave the ACC for the future of Florida state football is more important than anything else. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So like you, like, you know, like you see there, he expects it. A lot of people expect this to be the starting steps. You can see on the board of trustees website, the virtual meeting is scheduled. There is no written agenda right now on the site. Uh, Tomorrow. Which, I expect yeah. that'll come out early in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. So, but 
the general feeling that this is to address the situation. And like you said, Drew Weatherford said it in their last call, I believe, which was very emphatically. He said, he, it. he said, it's not a, it's not when, but it's not if, but when we leave the uh, ACC. It, it, so and let me say this, KB, let me say this to me. I think this is a perfect win-win for Florida state and I believe they have to end up of one of two places. My number one choice is the Big Ten. Okay, with the expansion of the Big Ten to the West Coast now, bringing in Washington, Oregon, USC, UCLA. And I believe they want to reach into the South and potentially, number one, bring in Florida State because of their brand and the number of views they get on the broadcast. Number two, bring in Miami and possibly Clemson or Clemson and Miami. You rank them any way you want. They want a footprint in the South to take, to attack the SEC. And then they would have East Coast, North Central, and the West Coast. You'll be watching Big Ten football, great games from noon all the way to 1.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time when you get that West Coast game of a Florida State against the UCLA or a Michigan against Oregon. Can you imagine how cool that is? That is big money football TV viewership. That's what I would like to see. I know the arguments, well, the fans are going to have to travel this far or that. Uh, the team, it's harder on the teams. I get all of that, but this is big money business. I think it's the best foot forward for Florida State. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think that's it's really most likely to happen with the Big Ten of all the schools uh, or all the conferences, SEC or Big Ten. Those are the two, two finalists, and I think that makes the most sense. And I think – if any school is going to give, you know, FSU a bridge loan of any sort, because Florida State's going to need a shit ton of money uh, to pull this off as well. Let's not, uh, you know, if they are to find the legal wiggle room to get out of the the GOR and also buy buy out the exit fee, you're looking at you know seven hundred fifty plus million dollars, if not more. Um, you're you may get a bridge loan from the conference, you may get it from private equity, whatever it may be. But I, I think, like you said the big 10 does have a lot more to gain by adding on Florida state. than I think the sec does the sec just got two more crown jewels in Texas and Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma. So, so to your point, I think, like you said, the big 10 be able to spread their footprint to the South is a huge, huge asset to them. I, I think I totally agree with you on that. You get big brands playing even better, big brands, you know, cover the entire day with big 10 football. And that just adds more value to that future television contract that they negotiate. Would, wouldn't wouldn't you, so. KB, see that if you were an executive now for the Big Ten and you're a businessman yourself, and doesn't it make sense to do that if well, once again they jump these legal hurdles? Well, why do you? Why the hell do you think they added Maryland to, to yeah. get the uh, Rutgers, DMV area? Maryland. Yeah. Maryland was a trash program and they still added them. Like, let's let's not kid ourselves. Maryland's been trash since they've been into Well, the some of it is all. And they were going about... bankrupt. They were cutting program. Right. Like, Maryland's been, you know, they haven't been the best financially uh, uh, stable athletic program either. Right. Um, and they've gone through, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, they've done better football wise, you know, more recently, but like, it didn't make sense for them necessarily to go to the Big Ten. And, but the Big Ten academically for, played into that too somewhat. 
but the footprint of the DMV getting to the Maryland, Virginia, uh, DC television market was was important to them too. And they're they're looking to further, I think, like you see, creep down. And also for recruiting wise, also it's a talent rich area. So if if they can put, you know, and I think once again, if they can say you expand your big thing expands their footprint into Florida into the South, those teams it gives them also an excuse to say. Hey, you're going to get, you know, they can go into Florida a lot easier say, oh, you're going to be part of the Big Ten. You want to, you know, compete against the best of that. I think it helps everyone. I, I think the Big Ten's the best choice. But once again, I don't want to dive too much into this because right. we talked about this in August know. and right. nothing happened. Right. And I think I'm a little pissed off that it took, you know, now we're, now we're getting our, you know, now we're going to try to force the ACC's hand to come to the legal table and talk to us and negotiate, you know, by starting this process when, it took us being basically snubbed by the playoff committee for us to actually get serious about this. You know, we were all, you know, we were all serious about this in August and before the season started, but then when shit finally hit the fan, then that's when we really got serious. We knew how much we were losing every single season. We knew we were 30, 35, $40 million behind the, the, the worst teams in the big 10, the sec every single season projections on, on television revenue. Why, why weren't these hap- meetings happening in, you know, during the season, September, you know, September, November, like October? Why did it take to, you know, December for us to finally make this decision, right? Well, I want to know think why it I, took KB, so long. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be totally, as you said, pissed off. I think they had to get the legal brain trust together, okay? They had to study what's going on. They... Maybe they had access. They had to break down this grant of rights, which was the sticking point. And my understanding from what I've trolled off the news sites and everything is that these things aren't as transparent. They're not open. The grant of rights is not open. They say it's ironclad. No, no. But it it, it, it wasn't up for public scrutiny that the lawyers or the legal teams actually had to go to Charlotte to the ACC headquarters and Go in there and review these things. And, you know, and you can't just take them out on loan that this thing had to really be thoroughly broken down. So I think it's probably a little bit more complicated than we want it to believe. And that's the reason for the delays. All right. Like I said, we could go down this rabbit hole, but let, let's move forward with sign day and what happened with Florida State and, and get our thoughts on that. So once again, early sign day wrapped up Wednesday. You know, uh, your, your Wednesday's now on uh, December December 20th are are fun um, flips, commits, surprise. You know, the biggest surprise of the day, I think, was we knew there was rumors about KJ Bolden uh, potentially flipping. Um, and even though he was just on camp, you know, he's just on campus a week or two ago and, and right. seemingly recruiting for Florida State. Um, but then, you know, you get the surprise commitment uh, for him to Georgia. He then tells the media outlets there, I think for on three, that he had actually been committed to Georgia for three weeks, I believe he said. So, you know, he was taking the visit and, and really he hadn't been, you know, he had been committed secretly to Georgia for three weeks. Um, whether or not it's just, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but I don't want to overly focus on that. So that was a big loss. for Well, me. You also- I mean, if that's true, if that's what he says true, and he came down just to play with Florida State and have a nice weekend and, be escorted around and all that. You know, I don't I don't think that's a great character issue for this kid. And Florida State will stay in touch with him. But if that's any of that's true, and we don't know it is, we don't know what happened that's on what that. That's what he said. That was his words. 
You saw that? That's yeah, on that tape? That was well, you know what? Then you know what? I have a problem with that character. I have a problem with that. And and the coaches who are recruiting him should say to themselves, they should get together. Is this the type of kid we want to stay in touch with anymore? He's just playing the system. I have a problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. Should I, I not have a problem with that? No, I, 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 the problem I have is like you said, from what, you know, you also lost Armando uh, Blunt to, to Miami, which is another big loss, which you, that you wasn't, had, that wasn't a surprise. No. That, and that's what I'm saying. That wasn't a surprise, but there was also an insider from Miami said that he also called up during the decision day yesterday and called coach, coach Norvell and said, Hey, just FYI, I just want to let you know that I'm going to pick Miami. Like before he made his decision at okay. the table. Which, I respect that. And that's I the thing that. I like there is. And I think some of that is, too, is like the people that are around some of these kids to say, like, hey, if, if we're going to do this or you are secretly committed, like you, you can do that. Like, you don't have to feel like I'm, I'm committed to a team. And now I'm, if things change or if coaches change, right. or I don't feel right. the right thing. I, ha- I can't flip. But there's a right way and kind of a wrong way to do things. Right. Right. right? And so right. I think that that's where someone around them, the people there, whether it's family, you know, friends, their closest mentor. Yeah, exactly. Needs to, I think they should be helping them with those types of things. It makes me feel like KJ may have not had that person that said there, you know, KJ, there's a right way to do this. Like Norvell and them haven't screwed you over in this process, right? They've been clear, clear up front with you of who they're recruiting. It's a big DB class. They want you a part of it. And it's not like they've been recruiting guys behind your back. It's not like they've been brought in five transfer portal guys as well so that you're not going to have playing time. But if, if you really are going to flip on them in the last moment, at least give them time to look for somebody else, right? Because they 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 basically told CJ Hurd, who was part of this class, not that they didn't want him anymore. And so he he basically decommitted. Isn't that what the long rule in the world of business used to be? Two weeks notice. I'm not saying give two weeks notice, yeah. but KB, I totally agree with your statement there. There's a right way and a totally wrong way to handle your business as a professional. This is now the professional ranks of football. You're entering the minor leagues of football. You want to conduct your business as a business person. And that's what it is. And you do the right thing. It's a simple phone call. Coaches, thanks a lot, but I'm giving you notification so you don't get backdoored. In my careers, we used to call it getting backdoored. And and clearly, if K.J. Bolden did what he did, he he backdoored the staff at Florida State where Amando Blunt did not. And I respect that type of an approach. Yeah, and like I said, uh, this is this is the tweet that that kind of said it, and that said he knew three weeks from now, and, and that's the thing. Like he visited last week, Sertan and Norvell had you know was doing the recruiting visit. He said he knew for three weeks. You know, and, and this says just grow up and decommit. And that's I think that's the right thing. These kids are going to make mistakes. They're young, but like you said, you you didn't give the staff time to go recruit somebody else, or you know you may have taken that slot away from some other kid who may have wanted to go to Florida State. Maybe it was CJ Hurd who you took that role away from because he then got lapped over because they said, okay, our class is good. All these guys are committing to us. We're going to let go of CJ Hurd because we need to fill that with something else. You know, once again, I think it's a learning situation for him. He's going to go and be great. I have no doubt he's going to be a great player at Georgia. They, you know, developed the hell out of their players. But I think this is definitely something where guardians around him, mentors around him should have said, 
you know, this is how you break relationships with people, right? If you ever want to, you know, go to Norvell in the future, you may not have that opportunity now because they're, you know, th this kind of concerns some people if you, if you kind of play them for multiple weeks when there's no reason not, no reason to, right? So I, I don't want to- It's simple, KB, it's simple to me. If you're dealing in good faith, if you're dealing in good faith with the coaching staff and the coaching staff's dealing with good faith with you, it's, just, yeah. it, 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 yeah. it's no doubt there should be that phone call. Yeah. I mean, that's, I that's a character issue. If you're just playing it out and you're just playing with these people, yeah. tell them I, why that, and, and that's what he should, because that's, that's the right thing to do. It's the professional thing to do. Yeah. That's it. It's that yeah. simple. Also too, like, some of these guys wanted to play with, yeah. I, you know, I don't want to hang, like you said, it's a learning moment. I, I think, once again, it's a learning moment. Um, yeah, I, and that's all I'm doing okay. Right but here's the comment from Knowles 99. Then I want to flip back to uh, uh, Peter's uh, note quickly is we, we do tend to stay in touch with kids, even if we lose them. Okay, you're gonna lose kids in this process. Yeah, yeah. this is there's no scientific formula here and the kids hopefully make the right decision for themselves and their future. And I think yeah. everybody wants that. And that's what the Mike Norvell coaching staff does. They yeah. tend to stay in touch, but in a case like this, where they think they've been played, you don't need that kid that bad. No. Come on. No. You don't need that kid that bad. There's always another player who can take that spot. We're not going to sit here and cry over this. I'm not, I'm not going to do it. So hey, let, okay, this go is ahead. what Mike Norvell said on that. And this is a good, this is actually a good quote from more chance they got him. So like Mike Norvell said, I'm visiting relationships when the kid flips his recruitment. He goes, it's hard. We all, we want it all. We're not half build, half in on building relationships. I always tell guys, go where you best fit for you. You see the swings and recruiting, it happens. I wish them all the best. I'm just not trying to take it personally, but it hurts. So like you said, go, he tells them, go where you best fit for you. Just don't play games, you know? Like, you know, if, if we want to build the best thing, and I think he's done well in, in developing these kids, their best ability, getting the right kids. But just don't play games. As long as you, as long as it's reciprocal, like they are treating you respect the same way, like, it's just that it's a man to man thing to yeah, do because yeah. the first thing the players cry is, well, they weren't up front with me. Well, yeah. be up front with the staff. Respect is earned and it goes both ways. Exactly. Take a quick comment here. Do you have any comment on Peters? Uh, uh, he, I guess he's saying he believes that Miami had a pretty good day compared to what they did in 22. I, my comment is this. My comment is this. Well, I'm not really here to compare Florida State against Miami or against Florida. Okay, we know Florida had a bad day for sure. But yeah, in the long good. run, it's what you do with the players that are brought to your team. Yeah. It's the development of those players. I don't know. I'm going to venture to guess. I want to say 50%. But 50% of these guys that we just signed from high school may not play here at Florida State for over two years. They, they may go other ways, other places, or may not be good enough to play here. I think that's what you see. But I think Miami had a pretty good day. The question is, will it help their football team or not? That's all. I'm not going to break player down by player. No, Do you have a comment? The one thing I'll comment on Miami is that 
I, I think Chris Paul is a, a pretty rec- good recruiter. Regard, he can't get results on the field, but he can recruit his ass off, which I I would think those two would go hand in hand. But you know, it it, it doesn't seem to be like they can go. They can barely get to a ball game and still recruit a top five team in the country. Now, the thing I think going against them is, is that their blue chip rate isn't high in either of the last two, in either of these last two classes, I don't believe. Like they, it's, well, this class is under 50% and the last class is under 60%. So it's not awful, but not, not elite or not great. Um, the one thing I do like about Miami and, and we, and we are about to touch it on this. And I think it's a good transition in the, our recruiting class is that Crystal Ball's doing a very good job, in my opinion, of when he is getting high recruits, high four stars, high five stars, he's building them in the trenches. You saw Francis my, um, Mauiuga, sorry if I mispronounced that, offensive tackle, he started for them last year. He got Samson Okulala, offensive tackle, both five-star players last year. Ruben Bain, defensive line, high four-star player, played very well last year. He has all these big four or five-star guys that they got their last two classes are primarily along the offensive and defensive line. I would say it's the opposite for Florida State. Your Florida State's getting a lot of skill position players, defensive backs, receivers, quarterback. We have not recruited the high school pipeline on the on, on, in the trenches well enough, in my opinion. And I think to Miami's, and I hate to say it, but I think on their behalf, high school wise, they are building out the trenches through the high school route. They have two defensive linemen who are five stars: Justin Scott, Armando Blount, who we talked about, and then they got a four-star edge, a couple of guys. So they're doing what I wish Florida State would do more of: is if you're going to invest time into building out high school development relationships, stuff like that, you win in the trenches. And I think it's a little bit easier to get a high-impact defensive lineman or edge player out of high school that can start within one or two years, and then those backup. You know, offensive lineman, if you get a high four-star, five-star guy, that guy can start within two years as well and develop them. It's hard to find really good elite transfer portal offensive linemen. Those guys just don't float around from big schools because they're playing, right? And this is what you saw Colorado struggle with last year. Uh, Dion tried to assemble offensive line through the portal. It didn't work because you're not going to find – no elite starters. offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah elite stars on offensive. In, well, Casey, in the we got Casey yeah. Roderick from Colorado. He held up okay, but that's what I'm saying too. Is he that we've gotten we've gotten guys out of the portal too, and our offensive line isn't elite either. No, it's because no. the guys that we've recruited in the past weren't highly weren't high four star five star guys either, right? And we still are struggling to like they got Lucas Simmons, which we hope we got Julian Armella. We hope you know. So we've gotten a couple of those pieces together. Right. And we, we've gotten a couple of defensive line pieces together, but we are not consistently landing these guys. And this is why I was hoping we would be able to get uh, Blount to, to recommit. I was hoping, you know, some of these guys, but I do not think that Atkins is landing enough high value offensive line pieces consistently in the portal. And I think that Odell is struggling to land these defensive line edge pieces in the portal as well. These high impact High four, high five star pieces. So to get back on onto Florida State, but yeah, the guys, the guys we seem to bring in are more project guys. You know that on the line, on the we line. do a good job developing them. I think, I think Odell and Atkins do a pretty good job bringing the best out of the guys. But you're right, we're not bringing in the significant, highly ranked interior linemen on both sides that are nationally ranked guys. We're not getting that for some reason. In the past three years. Yeah. 
In the past three years, we've only signed five players in the t- national top 300 rankings on either side of the ball, off- offensive line or defensive line. Five players in the national top 300. That, that, that's, yeah. that's the part that concerns me. That's the part that concerns me because I do believe why this team was so good this year is because of the trenches. Why, those trenches, the amount of pressure and disruption that Fisk, Lovett, Verse, Peyton were able to cause and the depth, quality depth that they had, a lot of that due to the transfers they brought in. What that was able to do made the jobs to the linebackers easier, made the jobs to the defensive backs Made the defensive backs have career years. I mean, now it's also development of those players, but our defensive line was the best we've seen in ages. And that was due to having high-quality players starting, but also high-quality depth that you could rotate. Well, the question is, what did we do in the signings then that excites you on the interior for us, on either side? Are you excited beyond what the normal coach talk is? And I know Coach Norvell, I looked – I watched his interview afterwards. Coach Dorvell always says the positive. These guys are great, and they're going to help this team, and so on. I get all that. Okay, and I have nothing to say negative about these guys, but the interior linemen I see on here fit into the categories you were talking about. There's nobody here that is a national type of guy that's going to change, can come in and start right away. I don't, I don't see that on these guys. That's going to help you right away. They're at least a season away to potentially two seasons away. Uh, are, uh, some of the guys we already have in the system, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they fit, how they stand up in the Orange Bowl. The Orange Bowl is going to be a developmental game for 2024. It's going to be a controlled scrimmage against a very good opponent in that scrimmage, the University of Georgia, whose backups are also, a lot of them are going to play, obviously. But it's going to be interesting to see, does Armella play? Does he start? Okay, does Lucas Simmons start or play significantly? Does a guy named Andre Otto, who everybody's big on now, all these guys are 300 pounders. That doesn't make them good, good enough at this level. They were dominant at the high school because they're not playing against some of these guys. The, the talent they're going to see like in, in, the, uh, in, in college football. So the question is, how will they stand up? Because all of these guys you see on signing day are not going to significantly help this team in 2024. There may be a couple of guys and we can well, go by I- you mean, off, you mean on the line? Help. You mean on the line, right? On the line. The okay, yeah. yeah. You need to specify that because I do think they have players that they signed that can well, make. That's what I was saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to clarify that. I, I agree with you. I One thing I will caveat what we're saying is that you do I, – I think you do bring a good amount of offensive line pieces back on the line. So you bring Darius Washington, Smith, Scott, uh, Byers. You bring some – Any of those guys you just mentioned, are they – NFL no and that's what I'm saying and that's what I'm saying our offensive line isn't isn't great and that's why it's we're staying at this line of like average line play because we're not we're not we're not like developing guys that can rotate those guys out or 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 compete with those guys let me ask you this let me ask you this we right now we go back to the question of Miami even uh you know we go back to the question of Miami real quick and the and that was from Peter. I think maybe we're behind as of today. 
we may we might be a little bit behind Miami in a sense because we don't know who our quarterback's really going to be next year. We do not have a quarterback in here except for Tate. They don't know who their quarterback is, though. And, and, and uh, <laughs> so, no, I thought they brought in the no, guy. I no. thought they brought a guy in. They must oh, sign. My no. bad. That's right. They just they had uh, Cam Ward down there. My bad. Okay, so scratch that. However, till we start hitting the portal, which everybody's saying relax on, we're going to have to hit this portal some. And I think we talked about it last program was 10, maybe 11 players in the quarterback is going to be the key position. Luke Cronkite is not going to help us next season. He is not going to help us next season. He's going to be the third quarterback right now in the room. Okay. But you want, be you the want third to develop quarterback him. You want to develop him. Yeah. You want to develop him. Okay. The, the like interior linemen like we just talked about are not going to play. Yeah. We like him. We like yeah. all these guys. They're not going to help this team move forward on offense. Not this, not this season. No, not the coming season. They're not going to, they're That's just why not. You're going to need to bring in probably one, maybe two on the offensive line, like we talked about. And then potentially two more on the defense, three on the defensive line, one defensive tackle and potentially two defensive ends. That That's what I'm thinking because you're losing. You look at the, you know, defensive line, hopefully it looks like Peyton's coming back. Briggs, maybe if he gets his seventh year, you know, you, I don't know what's going on with Farmer. I'm, I'm done following that situation. I'm just done with his drama around. If he is, he really filing his paperwork? Is he not filing his paperwork? Nobody, yeah. I, I'm done following that stupid situation. If, if I was Florida State, I would be like, bro, just this is the final offer. Take it or leave it or, or just go. Um, but you get Daryl Jackson back on the defensive line. But I, I think that once again, you've brought in some young guys on the defensive end, defensive line, but it's either you need to decide and you brought, you know, Marvin Jones Jr. He's going to be come in. He's a little, you know, you've got to know either trust that he can start right away, or you're going to have to bring some guys in on the edge and on defensive line, because you've just lost first Fabian Lovett, you, you know, some very high performance guys that, that are big playmakers for you. Now, like you say, you get Daryl Jackson back, you get, you know, Gilbert Edmond was kind of a, you know, he wasn't an extremely big playmaker, but he was rotated a lot. You got guys like Daniel Lyons and, and Samson, guys who you need to see, are those guys ready to make plays yet? Are, are they ready to step up and make plays? Now, these weren't five-star guys, right? But you have to decide, are we going to take a chance that these guys have developed enough? Or is Mike Morell looking at the portal and say, okay, no, we, we, we need to backfill these guys until we can really get, the studs out, out of high school because we didn't because I think Armando, if we would have signed him, I I think he would have been a, a day one rotational starter on the line. A hundred percent. And that's where Odell needs to start signing these guys because you immediately let raise you, one, it takes that that need on the portal off so that you don't have to be scrounging around saying who who are, you know who's gonna be still available. Cause a lot of those guys are off the table right now. You you know hoping and hoping you were going to get these guys, you know, a lot of the big targets off the table right now, that's not to say it's not going to be playmakers available in the portal. Look how late Keon Coleman was made available last year, right? He didn't come available. I don't think till like April, but you know, teams, some of these teams like Ole Miss, Colorado, some of these teams that know they can't recruit well in high school are just going all in on NIL and the portal. And they're just saying, we're going to get the most, the biggest skill players we can or the biggest targets available. And we're going to throw money at them and say, Hey, we have a window 12 team playoff. 
come play with us and let, let's take a run at it. And that's I don't know. You know, you, yeah, you hear this argument. Oh, you can't do it that way. You oh, know, I the NFL, there used to be some NFL teams who didn't try to build through the draft. They said, we're going to play to win this year. And they did that every year. And they try to do it through free agency and everything. That When you do it that way, when you do it, when you, it's not, it may not be sustainable financially is the key. If you have tons of money, you can go out there and get tons of players on the NIL. I don't think it's a bad way to continue to win because a two-year guy who hasn't played a lot, but has high, like, Let's go to Marvin Jones Jr. Okay, he hasn't proven anything really on the field yet. We know he has a very high potential. He's had two sacks in two seasons because he can't get on the field that much. He does hasn't had that many snaps. So he has high potential, but he's not proven at the defensive end, edge position yet. Now, he's a legacy guy. His dad was a superstar, obviously. But the, I think you're... I could see always getting 10 guys from the portal or okay. more, but that's you know, not I, I, because, yeah. no, I'm not because a guy, a guy who's been in a college program for two years, just the weight, the, the training, the practice against superior athletes is better than any high school guy that comes out as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I wasn't debating that part. I, I wasn't debating getting 10 players. 10 players is probably the lower end. That That's a good amount. But some of these schools like Ole Miss, for instance, are getting, I think, 25 players in the portal. They've gotten, like, look at so far, uh, Louisville has 15 players. Colorado has 18. Ole Miss has 10, which isn't a lot, but like you said, it's high quality. But th those are the top three right now. Louisville 15, Colorado 18, Ole Miss 10. That, that's, I mean, that's a decent size amount for the portal just opening a, a week or two ago. Florida State has one, right? Um I don't think it's – and when you look at, like, Colorado's signing class of high school, it was six players. I, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think that model is necessarily, is necessarily uh, sustainable. I think why you see Georgia has won two of the last three titles, Alabama's right behind them. Those schools don't sign a lot of transfer portal guys because they – and that's why I argue against, like, you can, it, you can win championships through the portal. I'm not saying you can't, but I think it's a lot more sustainable when you can just build up high four or five star but players recruiting-wise. It take you a couple of it seasons. And the I question agree with is, The question is, do you. these guys have the patience to stick around? We know no, from – That's what I'm saying is that yeah. that's why you build through high school because if guys leave, you're immediately backfilling them. That's why when Florida State fans are like – Look what Georgia's lost all these players. It, you know, we, we shouldn't be freaking out. Well, first of all, you can't compare Florida State's roster to Georgia's, right? Their roster is like 70% blue chip. Like, we, it, it, they've right. built They're all out fours up, and five. They don't they, take anything less. The hard. talent floor is so much higher than ours right now. And that's like, uh, that's not me blaming Mike Norvell or anybody else. It's just been a, a record of excellence for longer th than what Mike Norvell inherited. That's the difference. And what they've done is they've built up that high school pipeline of talent so that 20 leave, 20, 25, 30 more come in that are highly recruited, right? So it just backfills itself. And then if they want someone from the portal, they really like somebody, then they could take that money, even more money, or say, hey, you want to come be developed and play the best? You come in too, these, these couple three guys. But they don't feel the loss of the churn on them because someone just they're not going to feel the effects of losing Marvin Jones Jr., they, they don't feel it because they, they just replaced no. him just no. this past Wednesday. 
Right. That's the thing for them. And that's where I want Florida State to get to. Like you said, in the short term, you're going to have to take these loans at different positions. But I want our recruiting to get like Bama's and Georgia's where most of your talent you know, infusion is coming through high school. And then you're just relying on, on the transfer portal to get the playmakers that are going to be immediate impact guys that can take you over the top. Well, it's, it's like managing any roster of any players in any sport. You have to identify your weaknesses are and then find available plug-and-play guys. And a high school guy is not normally the plug-and-play guy. So let's go back to the signees. Who do you think on this roster are the top two plug-and-play guys that will get the most snaps in 2024, in your opinion? Um, tough to say, but what I what I would say is I, I don't know if this is realistic. So I'm not watching the high school player tape all the time. I just – you know, it, it is what it is. But I like, I think Landon. Hey, Thomas, hey, let me interrupt you out to Pete. Peter, thank you so much for your super chat. Uh, unfortunately, on the road, I don't have my big lights going and all <laughs> the action. But, but Peter, we appreciate you. Appreciate it, Peter. We, yeah, we, we appreciate you being in here. And, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're a hard, loyal FSU fan. You can see Pete. Uh, a lot of times on spaces. So when you see him out there on spaces, Pete the Greek, okay, Pete, make sure that uh, you uh, you join him. This guy has a lot of knowledge. He has a lot of information, and he's a loyal guy. Peter, thank you so much. Merry appreciate Christmas. It. Happy holidays. We appreciate it very much, sir. Appreciate it, Pete. Appreciate it a lot. Uh, leave it up there for a little bit. Um, thank you, Pete, again. So uh, back to your question, though, I, I think – Landon Thomas is someone that, once again, he was rated very high. Some sites have him as, you know, the number one. Uh, ESPN has the number one positional tight end in the country. You know, some other sites have him, you know, top five, stuff like that. This team, you know, loses Jaheim Bell. You lose Preston Daniels. You bring back, you know, uh, uh, sorry, what's um, – I'm, I'm losing track in my mind. Uh, you bring back uh, Morlock. So you're looking for playmakers at the position. I think Landon Thomas is a guy that – at 6'4", 250, he could come in if he develops through storms in the offseason. If he's able to – and once again, what's going to be a driving factor on who perform, who gets playing time fastest, who's the early enrollees? Um, and I don't have that readily in front of me. I need to research that a little bit more. Who, who gets to enroll early? I know Luke is going to be at Orange Bowl practices, but we don't expect him. He He's not going to play his first season. Um, we want him to – you know, you need him to further develop as uh, in the program. But Land Thompson's guy, I think that could – have some impact in this room just based on the talent he has and the depth on this team. It's going to be yeah. Morlock and, you know, you lost Douglas as well. So you're looking for playmakers in that tight end room and you know how, how Mike Norvell likes to use his tight ends. The only, the only thing against Landon Thomas is that he needs to work on this blocking. That was the only caveat against him when, when people, re, you know, looked at I think him. That's and, normal. Him. and I think that's a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So that may be the only thing that keeps him off the field. Guys, I think what about, what about Lester, Charles Lester? Oh, no. I, think, I think these defensive backs, Kai Bates, Lester, will definitely, even Jamari Howard, all three of those guys are going to get playing time this next season. Uh, uh, if Unless something goes wrong and, and 
you know, once again, there, there's an issue with in terms of like they don't pick things up or the, the playbook, they don't pick it up, you know, quickly enough. I think all three of those guys are gonna have the opportunity to see the field. How about Cam Davis? Hypnotic says Cam Davis will get some burn. Now we're we're pretty good in the running back room. Cam Davis is a is a differently type built guy. You know, he is a he's a guy it looks like to me in a red zone situation. He might be that bull in the China closet. Do you think he's going to get that many snaps in the in the in the room we have? See, you know, you could list him and, and Danzi as four and five right now. You know, you got Tofili Holmes, Singleton. I, I, I definitely, I mean, Florida State's shown that they'll go four deep on running backs. Like Mike Norvell will, he will play running back by committee, and I think even more so this season with Benson gone. I think he's going to fiddle around with his running backs a bit. I, do you think I don't know if Toe Philly is Toe Philly is going to get a lot of carries, no doubt, but he has better hands, so I think they'll do a lot of split backs. I think Holmes will potentially be your number one, and Toe Philly will be more that pass catcher like he normally is. Um, but I definitely think you're right. I think Davis is going to have the opportunity to get three or four carries a game, and if he makes the most of them. You may see that number go up, but I think if Davis comes in, and I absolutely think he will with the right mindset, he will have the opportunity to get multiple carries a game especially as games, if they blow teams out, stuff like that. But you're right. I, I believe Cam Davis is the type of player that, that could get some early burn. The one thing, though, is do they want to be careful about burning his red shirt? Like, with you having three, you know, Singleton, Holmes, to a Philly, do you want to be careful? Is this a guy that you want to keep around as long as you can, you know, and say, it's let's not tough. burn your red it's shirt? It's going to be tough, KB, because these guys, I'm not sure about their patient level, you know, and I think that's the thing. If you got a Landon Thomas, you got a Cam Davis, you've got all these other guys. If they're a, if they're ready to hit the field, you need to get them involved. Yeah. Kids don't like to just go to practice and never play. And I think that anxiety is bigger now than ever. So if they're ready to hit the field, get them involved in the football game somehow, somehow. I, I, I agree with you. I, I think, though, where we'll see the most playing time for these guys is the defensive backfield. You're, you know, between how the defensive backfield is somewhere I think Florida State will be the strongest now because Sertan and the staff, Sertan has done a great job of recruiting that. You know, KJ, that's a loss. But luckily you had, luckily you had some other guys. Know what, I'm yeah, I don't really want to talk uh, about know, KJ but you, you recruited that He's not part of the team. Yeah. He's not part but, of the team. And that's, but that's the thing. You recruited that position so well, you know, you, you, it makes up for it. You know, Lester Howard Bates is a great, any, any team would take that class. Two teams would take that class of splitting those players. Uh, and then you bring in Knight as well, who a lot of people like the upside of him. And then you saw the impact that Conrad Hussey was able to make in different stretches on the season. You have Edwin Joseph coming back, KJ Kirk. And look what happened when, when you're talking about KJ Bolden. Look what happened to, I forget his name. Who's the guy that went out to Colorado, the D-back, the five-star, flipped at the last Hermonic, minute Hermonic. and went out there. Yeah, and look at all the problems he's had. There's no guarantee because you're a four or five-star, you're going to be out there from day one as a starter. No way. This star system is something a little bit different. Like I said, we signed a great kicker, Jake Weinberg. He's a three-star guy. But okay, you don't, I was so being. You, you don't, 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 that makes no sense. He's no, the number doesn't. three kicker in the country. But how do you compare I don't kicks believe, against I don't each other? I don't necessarily believe it. Really. 
Okay. I got you. I understand. I got, I understand. Um, okay. I but, understand but what you're saying. I, I think, I think defensive backs are going to make, are going to have a lot of burn because like you said, you lost, you know, you lost some good guy. You lost some great players in that defensive backfield, right? You bring back Greedy Vance, you bring back AZ Cypress, which is great. Kevin Knowles had some struggles last year. So I think there's going to be some opportunity. You lost. You know, you There'll be Jones. good competition. Yeah. You lose There'll Jerry Jones. You, you lose some really, really good players out of that defensive backfield. But the great part is, is that you built up that position with great depth. And that is what I want to start seeing on the offensive defensive line. That's the only thing I'm saying. Now, other positions we talked about is that, you know, you brought in good receivers as well. Hey, and talk about Camden Fryer. Is Camden Fryer going to be a solid contributor for Florida State at the wide receiver position? I don't know. I mean, I think he's a legacy guy. His dad I, played I, at Florida State. That has nothing State. to do with why. No, but what I'm that. saying, his dad played at Florida State. I have the Sports Illustrated magazine of his dad on the picture when they won the national championship. But I'm not sure whether or not. could he, I think he could he's be slot. a slot, a slot. guy. That's he's a slot he's guy. Been, the New England Patriots for years with Tom Brady used their slot guys. Guys that – didn't look like they had the ability to really play in the NFL. And they used these guys so effectively. I wish we'd go back on offense and study those tapes a little bit of how to use our slot guys a little bit better to bail out a immobile Tom Brady who get rid of the ball quickly. I mean, there's something to that. Well, but, and know. that's why they like him. They like his speed. You know, he's six foot. Really, and uh, and really he's speedy. Yeah, he's got good hands. And this is, you know, remember who the guy used to haunt Florida State all the time? Hunter Renfro at Clemson. He, he could be, you know, potentially a player used Hunter like that. A, a, a guy like that at Florida yeah. State, which you know, use. Yeah. Florida State's recruited a lot of speed at the receiver position. Now, Florida State's been targeting a lot more bigger guys at the receiver position. So this is where, like you said, he fits in perfectly for what they're looking at the slot. You know, Ja'Kai Douglas has one more year here. He'll be graduating after next season. So I think Camden Fryer may get some time to mature, build up his body a little bit more, get ready for the college level. And then you may see him then be ready to compete with Destin Hill, you know, because Destin Hill and Ja'Kai, I think, will will you know, kind of rotate out of the well, he Hakeem, Hakeem and Destin Hill have both been nicked up a little bit injuries. Yeah. I think those have slowed them down a little bit. It will be interesting to see if they show up in the Orange Bowl or not uh, to, to, to play. Now, this comment here, uh, best players play, I agree. It, it doesn't matter if you're a freshman or a senior. You're the best player. You should play. No doubt about that. Uh, here's Mark saying kickers don't get stars. Not true. Not from what I've seen in the media. They are getting stars. So I don't, I don't know what Mark's saying there because Jake is considered a three-star guy. So but once again, like you see here, ESPN doesn't rate kicker. Like it's well, that's on ESPN, but it's on three, two, four, seven. Yeah, they all have their own rating type services. You it know? depends on the site, and it's hard to rate a kicker. It's it, it's kind of like doing NIL evaluations on people. What a joke that is! Oh, well, that could be a whole other yeah. topic. But that's a that's a joke. But once again, okay. I think we're saying that really Scott, Elijah Moore coming out of up in your area there, KB. Yeah. I mean. Plays in a really, really tough. People are excited about him. They should be. I mean, it's good to see Florida State 
getting talent out of the DMV, you know, DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Right out of the Big Ten's backyard. Yeah. And this is this is typically where Ohio State gets some some great players. Is and they well, still Maryland, get great players out, yeah. of, out of Maryland Mar- and Maryland stuff like that. Maryland can't close on this guy. That's Florida, crazy. No, well, no, Maryland. Well, that's that's Maryland, but um, but Ohio State typically gets players out of this area. Good council place in a very, very competitive football conference. Um, and Elijah Moore is is a product of, of that program. And I think this is a guy that could, you know, obviously his star count, uh, you know, accounts for that. But I expect really good things. Out of it. I'm glad that we were to get a commitment from this kid and get him to stick with us because he, he I believe, will be a very good player uh, for this program. Look at the size. Look at his, you know, intangible 6'4", 195. I think him and Hakeem, like, once again, uh, you know, sometimes we get, you know, we used to give uh, – Dugan, some crap, stuff like that. But once again, he has been showing the ability to get some of these better receivers into the room. Didn't land Elijah or didn't land um, Jeremiah. Wait, but, but that, that, that wasn't was, expected. That wasn't yeah, expected. Exactly. And he wasn't was, a strong lean to Florida State. He was more of a strong lead to Miami. And that was a tough battle, right? You got the biggest thing that I like about that is that you were in the conversations, you were getting this up until the last moment, right? That wasn't. I didn't see that as a loss. I saw that as a battle till the end. That could have been a surprise commitment. Uh, you know, you were going up against Ohio State, yeah, who has yeah. a very good track record of developing, no quarterback. Uh, developing guys to the next level, right? That's the thing that we have to start seeing at Florida State. We have to start seeing our receivers that we bring in-house going to the next level because you can't name receiver at Florida State right. that's in the league right now. Right. And that's the issue. But you will right. start. You know, we will now have Johnny Wilson. We will now have Keon Coleman. We will, you know, but we have to continue to do that, right? But I think this is. But the they start were you both have. portal guys; they weren't high school guys. Uh, well, we're still going to claim them. So, sure, but the, no, but I, I get your point. I get your point, though. You have to, you know, you have run the pieces to develop those guys out. Dugans have to develop these guys to the next level. Hakeem Williams, all these guys he started to bring in the last couple of classes, which are high four star, highly talented kids. Destin Hill, Hakeem, Elijah, Luane, all Goldie. All these guys have to be developed to the next level because they have the talent. If we have the offensive scheme, we just have to be able to get them there. So I, I think this is a great – I think he has potential. This is a – this is a, the receiver position for Florida State is an interesting, interesting conversation. I, I think the room – I think the room, the wide receiver room may still be a little crowded, but it's crowded with inexperience. A hundred percent. That's exactly what I was going to say. You have a lot of guys, and I hate – I don't know. None of them. I mean, there's nobody in that room – that has, I'm going to say, I could be totally wrong here. Anybody have 25 catches or more I don't, yeah, left no. in the room? I wouldn't say anyone has over 200 career yards or 300 yeah. career yards. So th- this is going to be very competitive. But, again, I think I think there's some real talent there. I really do. 100%. But the, 100%. the question is, who's going to be throwing the ball and who the hell is going to be blocking up front? Because that makes the difference. Yeah, that I, makes a difference. I, I agree with you. And I do, but with that, because let's go down, I'll go down the list quickly if we have on that yeah, roster. Quickly yeah, on that. yeah, Pentron, you have Jakai, you have uh, Darian, Span, Burrell, Hill. You got a ton of guys. And then you have all these freshmen you brought in. Yeah. So, like you said, you have some names. I do think, if I'm being honest, I, I think a couple of these names, names may need to move on. I would rather see Florida State go out to the portal to get an experienced playmaker to kind of be the leader of this room. Because that's the thing that scares me. You have 
you don't have a Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman that has that proven production that can lead this. Who is the leader that outside Chicago? I think Chicago can be a leader, but he's never put up the the 800 yard season, 900 yard season. And that's not to say you you have to have yards to be a leader. He's been I'm injured though. That. He's been he, injured exactly. Yeah. I think he can be a playmaker. He he show, he made big plays. Oh, he is uh, a playmaker. In, in he's got game. great hands. And he's, he's got, got great, great hands. hands. But he, like you said, he's injury prone. I do think that you may see a healthy guy. Exactly. He's going to battle with uh, with um, uh, with Hill, I, I believe, this next upcoming season. But I think you do need to get a proven playmaker from the portal to say we got an established guy that defenses have to keep track of. That you know, a nine to a thousand yard receiver from the portal. I don't care if he comes from Conference USA or whatever, but get a dude in this room that says I will take over. You find it doesn't have to. You want another that. Coleman or a Wilson out there? You want a guy that has fifty or sixty catches last year, uh, six to seven touchdowns or more, and maybe uh, I don't know five six hundred yards. Correct? That's what you're looking for. And I don't know if you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna find another Coleman in the portal. That's the issue. But I think yeah, you have to find special. someone he's like special. That. Yeah, I, special. I think you have to find someone like with that. maybe a couple years if possible of eligibility one or it's two years like two a johnny years wilson developing yeah. right uh, agree right. but i would take a guy with a on a loan for a year to say yeah you have i i have experience who you, who that new quarterback can rely on right can say yeah. i trust KB, you when things yeah listen listen here's here's the bottom line you've given very good summary of where we're at we're building this roster from season to season to now make a 12 team playoff period Okay, if you win the ACC, you're really your goal is to win the ACC. If you yep. win the ACC, you're automatic in as an ACC team. You're automatically in if you win the championship. You're yep. now playing for that championship because if you come in second place in the ACC, you I don't care what your record is. We saw we were the champion 13 and 0 and you couldn't get in. There's no so respect. There's the, no respect. The, yeah. There's no respect. We know that. We're, that's a fact. We're not just sitting here whining. It's a fact. So the problem is you're building this roster. You're finding the players. You want the competition. Guys are going to come and guys are going to leave. There's no loyalty. And I don't, I don't say that negatively. The fan loyalty is going to drop off a little bit too because now you're cheering for your team. It's much like a pro team. Guys come and go. Aaron Rodgers leave, been to the Packers a long time. Then he leaves because he's at the end of his career. People you know, get upset. It's the way this is. So we have to accept the reality of what is going on. Yeah. Final word on the signees. Any, anything else there uh, catch your attention that we should say before we move to the Orange Bowl? I would say the last thing is that I think this is a very good class, a very good class. And, and I'm happy with the progression that the staff has made from, you know, Top, and there's know, still guys out there to sign. There's still uh, high school guys out there. Okay, but they're going to be – yeah, they're yeah, not going to be that, they're not going to be number movers in the class. They right. still have a couple that. days to sign. Okay, yeah. Okay, but you've got the core of your class. Okay. So what I'm happy with is that you've made the progression from a top 25 class to a you know medium range teens class to you know close to a top 10 class. Could have closed better, probably, but you have brought in got you've increased the, the the floor the talent floor of your team. Your team got better by who you brought in yesterday is my belief. And what do you and think what, of this how, comment? Jeremy Wilson, average at best. You take exception no, to that? I take exception to that because of the blue chip rating. 
And that's why that's how I yeah. it, it blue chip right. rating does tell the talent of your roster. And and, mm -hmm. and the difference in that is that you see what Miami brought in versus what Florida State brought in. And it's not all about you know right. how many five stars you have on the team because we saw Texas AM, they had a ton of five stars, couldn't win shit. But I believe that Mike Norvell does get most of the time the best out of his players. He can do less with more, do more with less, sorry. And I think yeah. if he does I, get I, the talent in the I, room, I agree. I so agree. I think if you increase the blue chip ratio on this team of more four and five stars on this roster, the sky is the limit. And this is a great chart by Clay Fink, who I believe is on Tomahawk Nation or one of the sites, but it shows the yearly average of your star rating and how many guys are bringing in. You know, this team brought in 15, 14 stars versus eight last year. You're increasing that ratio of your blue chip rating. And that's what I care about is you're increasing the talent floor every single year. This roster is getting better every single year based on the high school recruits you're getting in. That's what I like. You know, like you say, you may have not gotten the big five-star. You may have lost those, you know, lost those battles at the end of the day. But you are your roster got better by the outcomes of yesterday. That's what Overall, you're looking for, KB. Nice. That's what you're – you're looking to plug some holes that you need to fit pieces into. You're going to – guys are going to come and go. That's the nature of football uh, today at what we still call the collegiate level, which I call uh, uh, NFL light or the minor leagues of the NFL. Uh, but I think I think we did well in the signings. I think some of these guys are going to help this football team. Some of these guys are going to leave after a season or yeah. two. We see that already. So I'm not I'm not surprised here. I'm not disappointed by any of the guys that we didn't get. I, we're not going to sit here and wring our hands about it uh, because that's the nature of what we have here. The next big thing will be uh, for uh, for Mike Novell and staff is. Who are the 10 guys that they're going to pull out of this portal besides Marvin Jones Jr. and including the quarterback? That is what's on people's mind. Who is going to guide this football team? Because without a good quarterback, it's going to be a rough season. I, I do think that we've, we figure out, and like you said, it's all about filling holes. And I think, you know, one of those holes I think will be probably filled by either before Christmas or right after Christmas. DJ uh, DJ hasn't made any other visits since he visited Florida State. I am not aware of Cam Ward making any other visits uh, since he visited Miami and Florida State. I, I think they're considering I, I must, all their options. And I also believe that Florida State is also figuring out which one they want. I, I do believe that Florida State has, I, I you know, and that could be my own bias, but I feel like Florida State can pick which one they want. And the other one will go to Miami. Uh, that's what I feel like. I I, I don't know what why. What do you I feel think like the that. deadline is on on this pick between the quarterbacks? Well, what do I you think, think they're both grad transfers, so I don't think there is like the technical portal deadline. But don't you I, I think, think the longer this thing drags out, that someone else out there could make some come in with some offer and steal the guy away from your? It's potential? like it's all like with all business deals, time time kills all deals, so you don't want it lingering out there, right? Right. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. You don't want this lingering. If you like a guy, you need to, you need to find a way to make it work. And I think all you know the portal predictions right now show Cam Ward one hundred percent. Like the predictions are Miami for him and and DJ. They're saying now Louisville and Florida State between Louisville and Florida State. So once again, you the more this drags out, you may be left with sitting by yourself at the dance. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Florida State is going to be left without either of these two. But the more it drags on, is it 
is it uncertainty on the on the side of Florida State that they're like, well, we're not sold on either of these two. You know, because KJ Jeff, like I said, playmakers are still still emerging into the portal. You know, KJ Jefferson became available, and that's a very explosive quarterback. Like that guy can make plays with all of his legs, and he has a S ton of yardage on both sides, uh, using both his legs and his arms. And I, I like him as a player. He may not be as refined as like a DJ, but KJ is an explosive player, explosive player. And he just entered last week, and that was a curveball that nobody saw. I don't think. So uh, once again, the, this whole portal is very fluid. But like uh, back to your point, the more time goes on, the more shit can happen, right? Someone else can enter into the conversation, or, or money, more money enters the table. So I don't know if the indecision is on Florida State's behalf or the quarterback's behalf. But I don't want this dragging on too long because I do think it can it can help with all other domino pieces. Because the sooner you sign a quarterback, I, the sooner that helps you recruit. Maybe we're well, seeing you, 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 you know? get you get you get a major leader into your clubhouse. Yeah. Period. You want that guy in. You got to have that guy in. I, I, I don't want to even say by the end of January. I think you got to have that guy in here in the next couple of weeks. Oh, uh, you got, uh, no. he has to get enrolled. There, there's academic hoops too. He yeah. has to get enrolled in classes yeah. and on campus. Yeah. When the next semester, or then you got to wait for the other semester. You you can't just swoop guys in here. Not yeah. that I'm aware of. No, so. I agree. And I, and like you said, also not only to be sell themselves on the room and become a leader in that program, so it's not just like a weird Mackenzie Milton situation, which you know, that didn't work out. But I think it also helps you do recruit other players in the portal. If you want that big playmaker yes, receiver. It helps you say, well, we have DJ now that's going to be throwing to you. Right. You don't want to be saying Tate's going to be throwing the ball to you. Well, and that's no disrespect to Tate. It just doesn't sell us. But he's well. not proven. It doesn't, it doesn't Tate is not proven. Yeah. He's correct. not proven. Correct. correct. Brock Glenn is not proven. Yeah. Okay. Correct. Correct. Luke is not proven. Okay. That's just the reality. We deal with reality here. Okay. Let's move on to. The Orange Bowl, which I constantly refer to as a meaningless exhibition game, which now we know, and as we predicted, and as I've been shouting from the rafters, many players from Florida State and Georgia, which I don't cover Georgia, and I don't care who shows up for Georgia, I don't care, is basically I care about Florida State and who's opted out now. Let me quickly make this statement. I have a few notes here. Here's guys who have opted out on offense. Jaheim Bell, Trey Benson, C.J. Campbell, uh, for a variety of reasons. I don't have to go through all the reasons. Coleman, Daniel, uh, uh, Marquise Douglas, Duffy, uh, Bless Harris, uh, Rodney Hill, uh, Maurice Smith, I think, is coming back to Florida State for another year. Yeah, yes. If I'm Coach Norvell, you know, I tell Maurice, you've been nicked up so much, you're not going to play in this game unless you can give me a damn good reason. I know you want to play. You're going to sit this out. Okay, you can debate me. The fans can debate me on that. Uh, Jordan Travis, obviously, uh, Wilson, Winston Wright. Those are just offensive players. There may be, if I miss somebody, fans, let me know. Uh, on defense, Bethune's out. Lovett's out. Cypress is – we don't know if he's coming back or not. Yes. If, if, if yeah. I'm Cypress, I don't play in the game. 
and I discuss it with my coach, even if I am coming back. Why am I? What do I have to prove in this game? I'm a starter. DJ Lundy out. I, I couldn't understand what Coach Norvell was saying today after practice, which I listened to, and I'll get into that in a minute. Is Deloach going to play in this game? I, I don't know if Deloach is playing in the game. He has an opt out. So I, maybe he's playing. Pat Payton, I, I, I'm not. I don't know what he would have to play in the game. Why would Deloach play in this game? Well, because Deloach is not a proven NFL asset right now. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. Deloach has no more eligibility. He's yeah, he's got yeah, to play. Yeah, yeah he needs to probably play in any football game he can get into. Yeah. Pat Payton's coming back as far as we know. So in that regard, why would he play in this game? Uh, Ray Portal, he went to Portal, right? Yes, he's Portal. He's, yeah. he's out. Uh, Fisk. He's out. Has he declared? No, Fisk was at practice. He's doing senior bowl. He's doing the senior. But he's he doing, looks like he can practice and not play in the orange. And that's like that guy has been playing through an injury in a boot after every game this season. There's no he, reason to play I in the hope orange. He bowl. I don't want I it's would hate for that guy to get injured in it's that mistake. Lost himself. It, it, it's a mistake, KB. And you and I know that. Jared Verse out. Ronaldo Green, is he out? He's going to the NFL, right? He's, oh, he's going to the NFL. Um, okay, I don't know if he's on the NFL. Out, he may be practicing. but no. And Jackson's going to play, of course. He's got a lot to, to show. And Tyler Keltner is a kicker. He's gone he portal. He's portal, yeah. So, look, this is the list of the players. So, you tell me how meaningful this game is. It's meaningful for guys that have something to prove, for guys that are battling for – positions in 2024 guys who are trying to put more on tape to go to the draft or go to the portal that's what the game's about and that's it the score to me will be meaningless if if we win the game meaningless if georgia blows us out meaningless it's really about trying to get see guys evaluate guys develop guys and avoid injuries i think the interest yeah i i totally agree with you um Right now, though, I do think it's interesting. Georgia has no official opt-outs right now. Uh, um, I don't believe that. No, that that's, I, I, that's well, official. official. Who official from whom? Everyone, no one's opted out from their team out of the bowl game. Well, I'll tell you, their tight end is not going to play right now. I'll bet you, I'll bet you, fifty bucks going to a charity, going to a charity of the winner's choice. I'll bet you 50 bucks Brock Myers doesn't play in this game. No, he he said he's not sure yet on his decision. I'm telling you, he is sure he's not going to play. He may come back for for another season. Yeah, he's done. He's done. I I agree with you, but no one on their team yet has officially said they're not going. Okay. Carson Beck, Carson Beck's coming back to Georgia, I believe. Carson Beck says everything. We have a Georgia source here. We have a Georgia source. It's, you know, not in the media business. They believe Carson Beck is going to play in this game. Yeah. yeah. He's going back for a senior season. Does he need more develop? Does he need more develop? Or I guess they just want – if he plays and they have some of their starter receivers, it could be be a long night for the Knowles. Oh, it's going to be. Oh, with all these guys out for Florida State, in our best defensive lineman out. Especially if this does out when you lose, you also lose DJ London. We don't think Farmer's going to play either, right? Once again, I don't know if he's portaling or not. So I I don't know what the hell is going on with him. I'm not going to guess anymore because I really don't care about what he does anymore because I'm done with it. 
Um, but if, if you you're basically losing your entire uh, experienced offense with everyone listed here, um, you know your three top receivers, and you know obviously your starting quarterbacks out, and your starting running backs out. I I think this is going to get probably and, and if Georgia basically has their entire starting offense and defense, it's it's not going to be fun. It, it's just not going to be fun. I mean, um, it could be. I, I mean, and it does feel it, like there's it. a possibility this thing could get really ugly, and I'm not going to feel good about that. And and we're going to say what we got to say because this is not our 2023 season team that's showing up. Now, the Georgia fans and national fans and SEC fans can say whatever the hell they want, but we have to understand this. There is a possibility that this could get ugly, and I I don't care, really. I'm always going to stick with what I've said here because I believe it in my heart. Uh, Oh, no, I I absolutely think it will get ugly because of what I saw against Louisville. I mean, this team – with Brock in, I mean, you can even go back before that. You know, he scored 16 points against against Louisville with a dominant defensive effort, but you're losing a lot of those players who I think, you know, I think I'm not sure if Renardo Green's going to play. You already lost two of your defensive linemen. You lost DJ Lundy. Um, but the week before that against Florida, you also struggled to score points with Tate in the game, and Tate will probably play. You know, you put 24 points up against a really bad Florida team. I, I just, I, I don't. I don't know. Like How I said, are this you isn't going to feel. Team. How are you going to feel if the I won't score's care. Like thirty-one to nothing at halftime? I, I won't care because once again, people are going to shit on Florida State because he said, "Oh, you won't deserve it," and it, it it will it will sort of feel intentional though. If Georgia has like two opt outs, it will feel like they're trying to send some type of message. I it, it, and it will because I, I do think if if Georgia only has like one or two opt outs, and they basically have their entire starting team. They are going to try to message that as something like, "Look, they have a they have a quitting culture, or they, you know, what you know, they are going to try to. They are going to try recruiting because, yeah, they are going to try to warp that into something. I'm just, I'm just warning everyone now is that they're going to use that as some type of ammunition and the SEC, and you're going to hear it from your SEC relatives but, well, and friends. So, but it will is. I care? I'll, no, I'll just tell everyone who says it to me. It's a sh- Shut the f up because I don't care because well I just won't we, talk. Our to season ended. Fans. Our right. our our season ended right after the ACC championship on that right. Sunday. That Sunday when it was announced, our season ended officially, and I don't blame any of these players. Like you said, this is not our team that's going to the Orange Bowl. This is some backup squad of players that I still enjoy watching, but it's not the team that won went thirteen and zero. It just isn't. So, am I going to be bad? Of course, I'm going to be a little bit mad because I don't like to see Florida State struggle, and I don't like to not see them play at their full maximum, you know, a peak performance with starters in. But am I going to really care a day later? No, I won't. Well, I think what Peter says here, and we agree, listen, we're always going to support the Knowles. Whether you go to the game, you don't go to the game, whether you watch the game, you don't watch the game, we're FSU fans. I've been an FSU fan since the 60s. You've heard me say this before. I was an FSU fan when we went 0-11 in 1973, and I sat through those, and I haven't left, okay? I'm not going anywhere, but I am realistic. I have a reality, and that is I'm looking for player development in this game, player development, okay, in this game. And, And that's what it is for us. And I don't know how ESPN is going to spin this shit. 
okay, or what they're going to say during the game. You can't care about that. I, I don't, I, I don't care what care they're going to say. I just find it going to be very interesting. There so, are, you know, I, I don't watch it, but people were saying that, you know, yesterday on ESPN, they were spinning, you know, Florida State's class is falling apart. And that's why I say, don't watch ESPN. Don't, anyone that still spends time watching sports center ESPN, you just hate yourself because you, you, you are putting yourself in front of things that hate you. Like, don't watch ESPN unless you absolutely have to, unless your, your team is on it. Like, I, tr- I don't watch ESPN during the week. I don't watch ESPN unless Florida State's playing. Do not give Florida or ESPN your eyeballs. Like, uh, I'm telling you, they they do not like this. I, I didn't used to believe in the conspiracy theory that you know ESPN didn't like Florida State, but I do believe that now. And if you are, like, going to there for just general coverage of sports, you're doing it to yourself. You're pissing yourself off because they hate you. So I would I would recommend you not give your time and attention to things that hate you. So, so just avoid ESPN and, and, and just, you know, or if you like hate washing things, then you can do it. Um, but like, just to wrap it up, I, I do believe that F- Georgia will probably have very few opt outs. They're going to try to send some weird message to the AC to Florida State. Do you ACC. think Kirby Smart is that type of coach that he oh, want to yeah. go out there and totally embarrass Mike yeah. Novell and the Knowles? Do you believe, do you believe yeah. that? I, I, yeah. I, and it may it may be a message that's beyond Florida State. It may be a message to the committee that said, you know, don't Go judge out. us on one game that we, you know we should have been in the play. And I think it's that message of we should have been in the playoffs. Look, we just beat Florida State by whatever point. And the, and I hate saying this like we're I'm not. I hate assuming we're going to be beat. So I want to stop saying that. But I think that's why they have so few opt outs. I think that's why he may be selling it at, to his team as. Let's go out there and let's be let's try to beat the brakes off of Florida State so we can smash it and everyone says that we are we should have been in. We were cheated, da da da. Because we only lost one game in the championship game, the SEC, the best conference, you know, quote unquote. So I think that's how he's selling it to his players. But the, whereas yeah, I think our staff saying, is saying our staff is saying, guys, or I would have been saying, guys, we got screwed. Look at your future and say, is your future worth an exhibition game? If it's not. Go prepare for the next level. Crash through the team, but prepare for your future at the next level. So that that's and, and for you who are here next season, let's practice, let's get better, and let's prepare for this game and give your best effort. That's let's all you that. can do. That's let's what do that. you do. When you have a David and Goliath moment, you go out as David, you throw the rocks as hard as you can, you you try to go after uh people and you don't give up. And I don't care. I was once at a football game many years ago. It was, you know, it was the younger players. And you know what the score was at the end of the third quarter? It was 73 to nothing. And the both coaches kind of agreed to, to terminate the game. I was against that. I say you play the full damn game to the best of your ability. And whatever the score is, it is. Okay. And, and so on. But I, I do wonder if a coach is intentionally trying to run it up, that's kind of against the coaching creed in a lot of ways. And if you know that, if you know that and you feel that's what happened, I don't care whose team it is. It could us be beating Georgia and hopefully will be. Yeah. Is you don't do you go across the field and shake their hand and whisper in their ear? No way. Yeah. You have to send a message. Mike Norvell is a true professional. It's going to be a very interesting thing to watch, but it is for FSU, player development, controlled scrimmage, 
And that's what I'll be looking for. How these young players hold up against another team with good, solid, excellent talent. And I, and I think that you'll get, you'll get to see a glimpse of the future talent on this team, which is a good opportunity. Win or loss, you'll be able to see how these players handle adversity and handle being now, put in the spotlight for the first time for a lot of them. So Now, let's yeah. say this. this. Let's say this. Players that are at practice, they can practice with the team. It doesn't mean they're going to play in the Orange Bowl. It doesn't mean that. Team, they can still show up. As far as I know, a guy in the portal can still show up in practice. Tell me I'm wrong if if I'm wrong out there, somebody. I believe, but, yeah, yeah. But you could see uh, Ronaldo Green and these and Cypress practicing, and they not play in this game for whatever reason that may be. So yeah. it, it's going it's going to be a very interesting affair. I will say that. And I think it's a tough position for Mike Norvell. Like, it's I, tough position. These last three weeks or whatever, however long it's been since then has got to be really tough. Just managing a group of young guys between the ages of 18 and 22 and their emotions and not keeping them in line and just like not, you know, because you can imagine the, the array of reactions and feelings and everything like that and just keeping them focused on, you know, and that's why I think you saw, you may have seen some of these, I'm portaling, I'm getting at, you know, some of these reactions too. It's just, you know, you, you, well, uh, especially in the age of social media when it's so easy to type something and send it to the world. You know, I, I think it, you, I think Mike Norvell's done a really good job of trying to keep this team together and focused. And, and, you know, and you could have seen some of this be, have an adverse effect on the signing class. But I think once again, they, they did a, a very good job, pretty good job of keeping the signing class together and not letting, because, that could have been a negative recruiting tactic to say, God, you know, come to Georgia or come to Florida State or come to Auburn, come to Florida State. You know, Florida State, at Florida State, you have one opportunity to go to the playoff. You have to win the title. And, you know, at Auburn, you get to, you know, we can lose three. You know, there, you know, that could have been used as a negative recruiting tool. But I think Mark Norrell and the staff. Well, yeah, job. I, I watched I watched the, the uh, post-practice interview today of Mike Norvell. He says it's been the most challenging period of time in his coaching career okay. from the from the championship game to the snub the next day and and handling the emotions, not only of himself, the coaching staff, but the players. Yeah. And yeah. and and now with this new era of uh, bowl games that if you're not in the playoffs, it's now really anything outside of the playoffs is an exhibition developmental game to yeah. help players, no matter what their need may be. But you're going to have lots of opt-outs in the future. Uh, there will be fan drop-off in these uh, these bowl games outside of the playoffs. So with that regard, I do have one other statement I forgot to bring up during the signee, the class signee. Mm -hmm. um, and this may be a uh, – uh, uh, I'm not looking for hugs and kisses on this, but this is how far this has gotten now. Now, Charles Lester, who's coming into Florida State, and we're glad to have Charles Lester as part of the FSU family. But he went out on social media, on Twitter, I think it was, or other social media, maybe Instagram, I don't know. But it came to my attention that he was putting out that he had registered on Amazon and he, he, he was requesting fans to go on Amazon, order gifts for him off of Amazon on his registry, and those be sent to his dorm, uh, you know, so when he arrives on campus. 
And people were doing that. Okay, people can do whatever they want with their money. But to me, these types of requests is not, not in the best interest of the player, not in the best interest of this sport that we have dipped so low now that players are coming out. It started with kind of like, not with Charles Lester, but all players. Hey, build up my uh, my accounts on my social media because that's going to help me leverage. And now we're asking fans to buy stuff on Amazon for high school players. I don't care what their ratings are. To me, it's outrageous. It's not a great thing to be doing to your fan base. Uh, thank you for signing. I'll send you a toaster oven. I'm not going to participate in that. I would never participate in that. I don't care who you are. You could be Aaron Rodgers coming in here, and I wouldn't do that. This stuff is getting out of control, and I can see why NFL coaches, a lot of them say, I am not going down to be a head coach anywhere in college ball. I don't want to do this because it is a demanding thing that these coaches have to manage when you have almost a hundred guys on your damn roster. It, yeah. It's crazy. And yeah. Mike Norvell is doing a tremendous job, but he, I think they will probably, I think they would talk to these kids and say, this should not be what it's about. You getting toaster ovens and back scratchers and, who the hell knows what's on the registry? I didn't go there to look or find out. Yeah. That's my feelings. It's not your feelings, KB. I don't know how other viewers feel about this. I'm not in favor of it. And, and this is no disrespect to any of the signees. I'm not for it. No, I, I, I just think my overall feeling to just this new era of college football is that it's just so it's come just so naturally now the the requirements on fans to to pay for everything it no other league in the world soccer baseball foot you know no other league in the world is there such an onus on the fans to pay for everything it's you know pay the boosters pay the collective pay the salary pay the salaries for the players pay for you know pay for uh merchandise pay for the tickets pay for part uh, and, and it just now comes Amazon. naturally. Now and now, and now, yeah, now, now buy gifts for me. It, 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 and it comes so naturally now. It, it, asking for money. I haven't seen, when Florida State started getting good again, everyone has their hand out now asking for money from fans. Hey, have you given to the battles end yet? Have you given to the battles end yet? Yeah. And then if you don't give enough, they call you a, a broke fan because you're only giving yeah. $20. You don't have right. a voice if you are only giving $20. It, it to me, it's become so weird and so generally accepted that people are just giving their money away when so many of these people in this country struggle to pay their bills or are in debt and they're paying for someone else's salary when they can barely make en- enough to pay their own bills or they can't even pay for their own child's education yet they're paying for someone else's uh, you know salary to pay football. I agree. I. I, I just think it's so weird that this is now generally accepted. And let me as say the only this. no, let yeah. me finish okay. as the only league in the world that does this, where the fans foot the bill. Where the hell are the universities? When are they going to foot the fucking bill? We pay, you know, we pay for the universe. We pay outrageous tuitions at these universities, and then we get paid. Then we have to foot a separate bill for the athletes. 
when the fuck do the universities pay for anything? What is their responsibility to do anything? Right? What what when do they foot what what is the onus for them to take responsibility to to foot the bill for these things and not beg the fans to to raise money or 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 raise the money the the, the fundraisers to build the next stadium or build the da, da, da. it's always on on the alumni how about how about these public universities or these private that are have these large have these large sums of money how about they start footing they they this is why this whole college system needs to become employees. They need to be athletes. They become employees with salaries, and it just needs to go there. This whole comfortableness with fans funding, you know, essentially salaries for athletes is just weird to me. And, it, and the fact that it comes so naturally for people just to ask for money and just it, 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 when people, like I said, struggle so much in this country or can't even pay for their own child's education, it, it's weird to me. Well, it's you know, it's weird. really it, it got me to more than what uh, Mr. Lester, uh, Charles Lester was. I don't care about him. It's, it's, no, yeah, it's beyond but, but it's the subject matter. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. is the subject. He's the one that yep. kind of created this. NIL's the subject. The okay. NIL. That it, whole it is, but it's expanded now to gift giving. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of going back to that story we aired about that the guy who said, "Well, we'll put up best plays on the big screen during the game, and yeah. then you could text money like super chats to the guy right there. You could send him five bucks." Yeah, I mean, where does this end? And you know what really got my attention more than 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 the Amazon thing is that war chant. War chant when they were on the air talked about the Charles Lester thing, okay, and almost applauded it for his intelligence of doing this. Oh, you're the man, and was almost promoting this. Uh, you know, Aslan was promoting this as something that, oh, this is cool stuff. You know what I mean? That really turned me off. And some fans go say, Why are you got ace? Hey, this is. True. This is how I feel. I have a right to say that. They go back, run their tape, and you'll see he's almost laughing at this. You know, and here's the other thing beyond that. I don't like NIL as much because it is so non-transparent. There's no visibility to this thing. So when you send in your $100 a month or your $50 a month or your $10 a month, you have no clue where the hell it's going. I spend in a lot of money to charity organizations and I can see pretty much where some of those dollars go. I wonder if you're sending a half a million dollars of money, NIL money to uh, 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 Manning at Texas who hasn't gotten his feet on the field, Arch Manning, who's paying the taxes for this shit? They've got to pay taxes on this money. Is the university paying the taxes is the kid. It's so non-transparent what's going on. It's really some crazy stuff going on out there, but. Well, it's a wild west. And, and like you said, it's a wild west. <laughs> and, 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 you know, if someone, a player wants to say, buy things for me and people do it, I don't fault the kid for doing that. People, if people are going to buy them shit, you know, use the system to your advantage. But like you said, it's become the wild west in terms of there is so, and this is the NCAA at a T. They have zero control. 
They don't know what's going on, but then they'll knock a kid like Daryl Jackson, who's transferred a school again, and they'll hold him out for a season. There's just no, there's no structure. There's no consistency in ruling, and it's just all BS. So like I said, just, just set up a salary system. Like you said, make it what it is. It's the minor leagues for NFL football. That's what Give it kids is. salaries and just make it fair across the board. And then we don't have to worry about this. People get compensated the right way. And you put the bill back on the universities who have a shit ton of money. I think, I think KB, you've driven the point home is we are moving closer down to the, a total NFL model, which falls right into their hands. And especially about the players becoming uh, uh, employees. I think that could be the next court challenges. And I think that that's where this is going to go. I don't know if that'll be in my lifetime. It may be in yours, but I think that's where we're going. And I think it's the only way you level the playing field too. If, if they care about making this a level playing field for, for all universities or a subset of universities, that's the only way to do it. Because right now you, you do have these, like you said, non-transparent bidding wars going on. And like you said, you have on three saying that Arch Manning's worth two point eight billion dollars, yeah. and AJ you know, Duffy two hundred fifty thousand. Like you said, and, and it's all these back backhand dealings and recruiting of dollars and money bags, da da da, which they said would get better with NIL. Well, it's not better; it's just legal now, and you just don't know what money is changing hands and how much it is, and and who's saying what. Just just put a just put a salary cap and give these guys guaranteed salaries, and then everyone's taken care of. The, the kids are taken care of. They can get benefits under the state. The university can now finally pay them. It doesn't have to be some subset collective that fans have to pay for. It's all legit. I, I, that, that's how. And then you level the playing field. Then it goes back to what what school does a kid actually want to go to? What what school does a kid believe the coach will take care of him and develop him? It's not about who's going to give me the most money. It's about where do I believe I will be developed and actually enjoy my time in college and enjoy playing football? It, it, it's a nasty environment. And these coaches, uh, here, here, let's wrap this up. I have an example of a nasty, a nasty situation at Florida. Uh, this is, this was tweeted. I thought it was funny. Talk about, um, so this guy, Adam Friedman says, exchange some text with a parent of one of the players who signed with Florida yesterday. They had no idea Jay Bateman was going to leave. He just became the defensive coordinator at Texas A&M. News broke this morning, day after signing day, that Bateman is leaving Florida to become the Ducks court at Texas A&M. So they wow. wait, they held on the news till after kids yeah, signed. That's deceptive. And, and this is why it goes both ways. It's not only bad for the you know this whole si- coaches screw out kids and, and all. The, it's it's deceptive. It, it, it everything's deceptive. The, the whole pro, the whole college football is. That's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. You know that's why I say this. It's, I enjoyed, uh, I think, a week or two. I can't even remember the Army-Navy game. To me, it, it was more the purest form uh, of, of, of college football in the old sense of a way. And I'm sure there's people out there who would make arguments and so on. But that was such an entertaining and exciting game played by young men uh, who are going to go on into our military services and serve their country and playing football still because they love it. And, and the stands filled with their uh, colleagues from each of the academies, men and women who will also join them in the military services. To me, that is still one of the pure forms of college football. And 
we're seeing such rapid changes here now. It's difficult to keep up with them. And yes, we have opinions. Our fans and viewers out here have their opinions. Uh, but we're we're here to to uh, to just go over this information and allow everybody a voice in here. We appreciate all of our viewers. We appreciate both you on Twitter uh, as well X as they call it. You know that's a change. And here on the channel. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's a pleasure to to bring this because we enjoy it, uh, and it, it's tough, and it's tough to bring some of this stuff up, but we're going to tell you the way we think it is from our opinion, which is a fan opinion. You know, we talk about we're not the insider, and you have that on your name cap. We're not the insider, and that's true, but I wonder about the insiders that are supposedly out there who really don't produce a lot. I mean, they nobody kind of knows what the hell's going on anymore. And I will say this, at the, at the Norvell post-practice uh, 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 presser this afternoon, the first four questions, the three of the first four questions went to one social media site from FSU. Three questions went to one. You have to run, you have to worry about state run in this case, Florida State run media. And are you getting information? And this is what I always love from the sites. They always go, Well, we knew this information three weeks ago, but we can't tell anybody. Well, what the hell? You can't be a journalist if you're holding back information. You know, well, we won't have these sources. Well, what good is if they break the news? You telling us you knew it three weeks ago is immaterial. <clears throat> I think this is some of the reason you don't see a lot of Orange Bowl press conferences because they don't control the national media guys who come in and ask those questions. How many have there been for the Orange Bowl yet? None. I, I, mean, I, well, I don't know about that. There hasn't been any since the announcement that both schools were playing. And you remember that film. Those coaches were not happy guys on that Sunday when they were snubbed. And I haven't seen any since there was one they were going to have and that they couldn't make the schedule or whatever the excuse there wasn't any next week. I expect that to pick up. And it's I think days, the questions right. are going to be very interesting. Yeah. Well, no, I, I, I would agree with you. And if you're still looking to go to the orange bowl, tickets are still available. How much I, are they? they? Where are we at? Uh, no, $71 on Ticketmaster. Yeah. They're dropping. They started at like 200. Because I was checking them on the nosebleed sections. Still a lot of seats available, as you okay. can imagine. So, and if you go, have fun, yeah. travel yeah. safe, and in, but understand what you're seeing. Make no, sure I, you I, understand I, what you're seeing yeah. and what you're going to experience. It should be. It, it, it's going to be different. Exactly. exactly. I'm not going to judge anyone that goes. No. I just, you know, and I'm going to watch the game I, on TV. I, I, I really hate the, the fans that tell people how to be fans. People that say, if yes. you don't go, you're not a fan. Well, if you don't donate, you're not a fan. Go, if you want to go, enjoy the game. Enjoy don't tell me how I should feel about exactly. it. Exactly. So enjoy the game. Like a, like you said, I think it's going to be a great opportunity for some of these younger guys to get some playing time against a really, really good team. And, you know, you hope for the best. And if not, you move forward. And, you know, by then, I hope that we fill some pieces in the portal as well. And, Yep, we go the bottom there. line, KB, I think the most important thing of all of this, not the portal, not the signing, not the Orange Bowl, it's getting out of the ACC. Are yep. we taking yes. positive yep. steps to yep. move out of this ACC, whether it's one season, five seasons? 
Are we moving? If not, we will become a stepping stone program and you will lose all types of players. You won't get players and you will lose your best coaches, including your head coach, because they're not going to play in a system because they want to play at the best level. So that is it. You're totally, you're totally right. You've already been labeled as a mid-major program right. or a mid-major conference. No respect. Right. Yeah, you've been labeled as being in the mid-major conference. You got the warning shot at, at the uh, announcement show, and like you said, this is tomorrow is the first meaningful step towards that getting out. So, like you said, that is the that's the only important thing between now and next season, right? That's is it. there is there real action that takes place that says. There is a deadline when we're getting out. Is it 2020 and the 2024, 2025? I think they have to do it within two years. I honestly think that if they don't do it within the next two years, you're going to lose a lot of momentum. You need a deadline because that deadline is when you can tell players we'll be out, you know, but you need to have solid timelines established. That's all I'll say because you can't just let this linger because that will be used against you by other teams and other conferences. The, the bottom line is the record we have next year and whether we get into the playoffs is not as important as positive steps forward starting yep. now to leave the conference. Yep. And we all know why we don't have to go over that. Yep. All right. I think it's going to do it. Well, thank you all again. I know we uh, went a little off track with topics, but I think we uh, covered a lot of good things. A lot of good things to come come from this. Like I said, great class we had. A lot of good. Uh, we, we know what we have to get in the portal. Defensive line, a little offensive line quarterback and uh yeah i think we'll be able to get those pieces but that'll be the big news uh leading up to christmas and after christmas so uh stay alert to those and uh, we'll be tweeting about what we see what we hear and uh, merry christmas yeah. happy holidays from kb and myself and Absolutely. of course if there's significant breaking news we'll come on and discuss it with you but in the meantime have a great holiday spend it friends family whoever and have a great time and be safe Absolutely. Yeah. Stay safe out there. Have a great one. If you have to, hopefully you guys have some time off. You can enjoy with the family. And if you're looking for a last minute gift idea, hmm? if you, if you are, I, I have Paul a last Charles minute. Lester. He'll give you some. Amazon no, 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 no. <laughs> I have a last minute gift idea. If anyone's looking for it, it may be a little bit pricey, but you what? can, you can for only $4,300, you can buy the, oh. The uh, Florida State Ireland package. So if you're looking for something, you can give it electronically. You just have to email out. It's like $4,300 a person. And you only have to put down like $250 now, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> starting, starting at $4,300. So if you're looking for a last, you have a knoll in your life that you love, starting at $4,300. It's eight nights, so it's not that bad. Print that out. Say you'll, bu- say you'll buy it soon. You don't have to buy it right away. Say you'll buy it soon. Yeah, that but you know what i i, I think uh, you know and, and we're looking we're looking to try to go over i want to go game. i want to go well, yeah we're, not, we're looking we're not, not looking through price. this package not not we're self-directed we do self-directed packages yeah yeah but uh yeah enjoy your holidays we hope to see you i want to go to ireland so maybe we'll see you guys not, but we'll see you on the next show enjoy your holiday hopefully you have some time off stay safe out there go Knowles, and we'll see y'all soon take care everyone go Knowles. <laughs>